0: For some reason, uh, always tricky to know how the stuff, stuff cooks around in the brain. For some reason, I am thinking about a meeting that my school had with all the kids when I was, oh, let's see, okay, so I was 11, I came to Canada, lived in Whitby, went to grade A for a couple of months, came to Toronto, went to grade 6, and this is when I went to grade 7, so I would have been 12, Yeah, probably just about to turn 13. And all the kids were brought into the cafeteria. And the vice principal uh, said that he had a present for us. And, I don't know, me, I thought, hey, candy. (laughs) Yay! Uh, I don't know, candy bar or something to welcome us to high school, junior high school. This was grade seven, I guess. And... There was this long lecture that we got about, you know, this was the big school, we were going to be more responsible, and that he had a great present for us, and with great ceremony, uh, what happened was, we ended up getting a thesaurus, and I guess like all kids who were fakely into dinosaurs, uh, I I sort of knew what it was, but part of me thought, hey, it'd be cool to get a dinosaur, (laughs) that would be a lot of fun, and we were given this thesaurus, with great veneration, and we were instructed to write our name in it, and we were instructed to use our thesaurus uh, to, in, in the composition of this, that, and the other. What I really remember about that meeting was the very serious tone about virtue. And that reminds me also of when I was in boarding school, We went, we would go through these crazes, you know, these crazes, like any caged animals, I guess and one of them was uh, were, it was it called conquerors. So you get these chestnuts from a tree, you put a string through them, and you try and hit each other's conquerors to figure out who had the stronger conqueror, so to speak. I guess conqueror. <laughs> it's uh, C-O-N-K-E-R, also C-O-N-Q-U-E-R, I suppose. And then we went through another phase, uh, we went through a phase of, of paper airplanes, where everything was turned into a paper airplane, and it was all competitive, and, uh, you know, it was pretty hysterical in hindsight, but, again, we were in a pretty... Pretty compressed uh, environment where you could get caned for misdeeds. And uh, I also distinctly remember spending a Christmas at the boarding school with like two other kids. I don't know where my brother was. Um, maybe I was six or so. For probably a week or 10 days. Uh, there were, I guess, a skeleton crew boy that's a creepy sound and <laughs> the skeleton crew at the boarding school you know, there was a skeleton crew and i remember sitting at a table with some other kids i think it was a christmas it seemed like a long time i was there but during the phase of paper airplanes i tore uh, i had a guinness book of records and i tore a page out because i couldn't get any paper uh, to make a paper airplane i had an idea for a new one and it was a i think it was some roman coins actually i know there was some roman coins on it and I was caught. I think they'd been banned at this point. And I was caught with my paper airplane. And I guess he figured that I tore it out of uh, of a book. And so this was, you know, there was very little chastise in private, I guess, except the beatings uh, in boarding school. So I was sort of hauled up in front of the class. And I remember this guy. I still remember him very vividly to this day. He married the music teacher, Miss Black. And he was, <laughs> I mean, I should laugh now, but he, he was such a 70s dude, you know, that blonde, Stusky and hush mustache and big ass sunglasses, uh, <laughs> take from chips. And he brought me up in front of the class, and I got this long lecture about respect for property. You know, and the lecture was uh, Your mother worked very hard to be able to provide you with this book and to rip it up as a disrespect to her work and, and uh, her generosity and her kindness. Like, they just grind you down into this like really fine disintegrated morally guilty paste and even at the time I think I'd been there for a year so I was probably seven by this time even at the time I got that this was just stuff you had to get through this was just stuff I mean obviously I knew who my mom was there was no doubt about that in my mind at the time and so the idea that my mom's you know was a great and generous soul whose kindness I had spurned and so on um was not very realistic to me, and so it was just, I just kind of got that when it came to moral condemnations from those in authority, you just kind of had to grit your teeth and get through it, you know, like some wild adventurer strapping himself to to a tree during a hurricane to see what it's like, you know, you just, you just had to kind of get through it, and It stuck a little bit, but not too much. Uh, And of course, I was only really concerned that I was caught, not that I was spitting on my mother's truly generous-hearted kindness and blah, 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 blah. Because, uh, I mean, I I think I got at the time that it was kind of tough to lecture me about respect for property in an environment where I would get caned for not obeying silly rules. In other words that I should have a great respect for a piece of paper in a book, but they could haul me off and beat me with a cane whenever they wanted. So, I, I think even at the time, there was just this... Why it was just so hard to believe. It wouldn't say hard, it's even impossible to believe that I was a bad person. That's been pretty hard for me <laughs> to believe uh, ever since. It hasn't been impossible, really. And I, I didn't get this at the time, I don't think, but I did feel a great sorrow during these sorts of lectures, particularly the one in boarding school. You know, like this, this guy later on who was giving us the thesaurus was giving us big lectures, as we always got, about respect for property. Respect for property, you see, was so important. You had to take care of... Of your thesaurus and feed it, <laughs> and you had to uh, not bend the pages and you had to treat it with respect and and all that and I remember a friend of mine who was a great artist, he later became an architect, he was do- a doodler, and he doodled in some of his textbooks and the teacher found this out and hauled the textbooks up and humiliated him in class in front of class for like ten minutes. Oh my God, it was brutal respect for property, and other people have to use this, and who are you to deface it, and to debate, you know. I think she ended up making him pay for the textbook, which is, you know, pretty pretty expensive. And what I really got from people in authority when I was a kid, and these are just, you know, you you have the same nonsense, I'm sure, uh, in your life, so I don't need to keep illustrating it with examples from my life. But you know, we were all forced to go to school and we were forced to take the classes that other people wanted and we had virtually no choice in what it is we could do. Uh, We weren't allowed to choose our schools or whether we went to school or our parents weren't allowed to choose whether they paid, whether they had kids or not or liked the school or not or sent their kids to school or did something else. And so it was really hard when... (laughs) When we were all, like to go back to the thesaurus meeting, we were all hauled into this auditorium, this cafeteria. You know, the bell rang, and we all got herded in by the teachers like a bunch of sheep with sheepdogs. And then we were taught about respect for property. But we were being treated as property disrespectfully. Right? We were being treated... As property disrespectfully, and this is the weird disconnect that goes on in authority systems, particularly state authority systems. You must treat the communal property with respect, but you, as a private individual will be hit or detained or or any sort of any number of things, any number of punishments you'll be herded around order to go here, there and you'll never be asked whether you're interested in what you're being taught or what you would like to learn instead. You will never be allowed to deviate from the rows and the marching orders that are being laid down in front of you. You, Your life is like you have as much choice of direction as a train, without even any switches. And so we were treated as as property disrespectfully, but we were told to treat inanimate property Piece of paper, a book, with great respect. And I do remember watching my friend get attacked and humiliated by the teacher for doodling in his textbook. I do remember thinking at the time, well, why the fuck don't you treat us with respect? And then, as water goes down a hill, we will treat books with respect. Right? I mean, there is, of course, a kind of petty rebellion, and there is boredom in the way textbooks are handled. Um, I mean, I remember it was very common, particularly in science and math textbooks, that, yeah, page 22, go to page 65, page 65, go to page 42, page 42, go to page 89, page 89, go to page 126, page 126. You realize the teacher's been watching the whole time, don't you? <laughs> There were doodles, there were defacement messages from one person to another because everybody was so bored and so constrained and so constricted and so tired. Because, of course, in any private school system, free system, nobody would ever start school for teenagers at 8.30 in the morning. It would be 10, probably, or whatever, because a teenager just doesn't wake up that <laughs> that early or that well. And so I remember feeling... That if the teachers wanted us to treat property with respect, then should they not teach us to treat us with respect? I mean, I don't remember a couple of times in university, but I don't remember any time in state schools or even private school in um, in England being treated with any kind of respect, having a teacher have any kind of curiosity about uh, my thoughts or my preferences or. You know, anything like that. I mean, we really were just faces in a herd. And to be treated as an inanimate object to be taught at was, you know, in hindsight, so profoundly disrespectful to the freedom, individuality, and identity of us as children that they really took something. Very, very precious from from us. And yeah, okay, some of it's obvious, like identity and all that. But what I really missed as a kid was respect for uh, the leadership of adults. I really, really missed that. and I, You know, just sort of thinking about it now in hindsight, I really think that was a common experience for most of us. That I think children really want to look up to someone. They really want to admire someone and that was taken away by these petty pouty hypersensitive moralists that were everywhere in that environment the slow grinding wildly hypocritical moral lecture that I received so many times as a kid, was just so sad and ridiculous, so pathetic. And you can see this actually in in British comedies, the lack of respect for authority, the lack of respect for parents. Uh, somebody posted this on the board, outnumbered as a British comedy. I've watched a few episodes. And it's very key, very key that the parents are kind of ridiculous, and the children have no respect for them. But that's the case, of course, in a state of society that you will always lose respect for your parents because of the hypocrisy in the essence of a state of society that the children are told not to use violence, but everything, almost everything that is achieved in society at any kind of national level is achieved through the coercion of the state. Or you tell children not to use violence, but the entire school system is based on coercion. So it's really hard for kids to take that kind of stuff seriously and I missed i missed having an authority figure to look up to but to be inspired by to be ennobled by to be encouraged by not necessarily by any particular individual example but just to look up and admire someone would have been great but even more fundamentally than that I think it was that a head virtue taken away. I had goodness. The self-respect that comes from goodness, the happiness that comes from goodness, the pride, the benevolence that comes from goodness. All of that was taken away because goodness was co-opted and owned by pompous, vainglorious, petty, bureaucratic fools who used it as a kind of Fargo-based wood chipper on the souls, C-S-O-L-E-S, anyway, on the souls of the children. And that was very sad. That was a very sad thing. The same thing almost happened with exercise for me. But anyway, we don't have to worry about that. I mean, really, goodness is, right, because we weren't allowed to exercise our reason, and therefore we weren't able to achieve virtue. And Therefore, we could not achieve happiness as children. I mean, it's fundamentally robbed in that, in that way. It was very sad. Very sad thing. And I think another thing that was really clear was that there's such an enormous escalation involved in moral lectures. I mean, morality is, as I've always argued, the most powerful thing in human nature, in human society, in the world, in human society anyway. And so, when someone takes a moral stand, or somebody makes a heavy, deep and powerful moral argument, there really is a very, very powerful line drawn in the sand. And that line is, if you question this, if you expose anything about this, I will fuck you up big time. (laughs) I will go medieval on your ass, so to speak. That is something that you really see in these kinds of moral arguments. So, yeah, in the school system, it's, you know, it's really obvious. If you, uh, if you were to question, like to so say, okay, so we're supposed to treat this with respect, but how are we being treated with respect in this whole system? Well, there would have been just something horrendous could come out of that. Just horrendous. And this is why people become so afraid of virtue, and, and rightly so. It's a very powerful thing to start to overturn in society. It exposes a huge amount of hypocrisy and the gravest and greatest evil in society, which is the use of hypocritical virtue for the sake of achieving power over others. Well, that's about as bad as it gets. So I just wanted to share some of these memories and share some of the sadness they have that inspiration and virtue was taken from me uh, as, a, as a kid with all this hypocrisy and power-mongering. So, I hope, and let me know if you've had similar experiences. Um, I would be interested to, to hear.